Hello and welcome to the Rob Burgess Show. I'm of course your host, Rob Burgess. On this our 133rd episode, our returning guest is Jonathan Fowler. First heard Jonathan Fowler on episodes 2, 10, 20, 21, 29, 30, 31, 32, 34, 35, 43, 48, 51, 56, 64, 74, 83, 92, 102, 103, 104, 105, 106, 107, 108, 109, 111, 114, 115, 116, 119, 126, 127, and episode 82, which also featured fellow regular guest Ash Burgess of the podcast. Jonathan graduated with a BA in history from Indiana University in 2006. He is an unabashed left-wing political junkie. He has lived and worked in South Korea for over 10 years, trying to help the citizens of that great nation hopefully talk pretty one day. And now, on to the show. It's Saturday night over here in a country that still has a government. (laughs) Oh, you're bragging now? (laughs) (laughs) It's no big deal. You know, they just take care of basic needs and services. Oh, I see. Oh, how special for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so it looks like today it's it's become the longest government shutdown ever, right? Oh yeah, it's they're gone for the weekend and they're not coming back till Monday, so it's it's pretty pretty official. And what are they even going to do on Monday? I mean, I'll be surprised if they could put. I, I don't see a way out. I mean, I hope the Democrats don't fold. Uh, Donald Trump, you know, he's the type of person who. You know, wants to take his toys and go home if you know whatever people are mean to him or whatever. So he he doesn't have the the composition yeah. to fold. No, no, and apparently in the last meeting, like he brought candy, and then he passed out the candy, and then he was like, "So are we gonna like get the border wall?" And they're like, "No." And he was like, "Bye bye," and like slammed the table and left. Like, okay, great negotiating. <laughs> yeah. Didn't you interview that guy? I forget his name. I feel like he had a Greek name or something. He was a, a Trump professional Trump impersonator or something. Oh, John D. Domenico. Okay, is he the guy on the President Show on Comedy Central, or is that oh, a different guy? That's a different guy. No, no, no. But uh, okay, okay, that maybe he has the Greek. It's like Ap- Appomattox or Adam. Yeah. Adam. I, I forget the guy's name actually. I know. I know who you're talking about, but I can't think of his name off the top of my head. Yeah, he does a pretty good job of getting to the core of things, I think. I wish, you know, uh-huh. I really think uh, I've been pretty disappointed with I've never been like I was always more of a mad TV guy than a Saturday Night Live guy for the most part. And I have not been very impressed with Saturday Night Live as far as uh, their Trump impersonations by uh, uh, what's his name? Alec Baldwin. Big, Alec Baldwin. Yeah. They they feel really uninspired. You can kind of tell his heart's not really in it or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's not like a master impersonator anyway. I feel like he's just kind of got a few mannerisms down. He hangs his mouth open, which... He squints Trump, his eyes up. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the squinty eye thing, I mean, that's not even a Trump thing, really. That's more of a, like a George W. Bush thing, I think. I mean, Donald <laughs> Trump, you see a lot of pictures, his eyes are wide open. He's got that deer in a headlights effect because his, uh, he's got the white, white eye, eye surrounding or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's been, 
uh, it's been I've been enjoying some of the videos from the the president show or whatever recently, and they really capture the the pettiness and the you know the self involvement. So it's been it's been enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Look up that guy's name. Anthony Adam Adam A T A M A N U I K. Okay. Adam Maybe it's Adam Maniac. <laughs> yeah, that's a maniac. Wait, is is he uh, is he Turkish or Greek or what is he? I don't know. That's a good question. I'm guessing it's one of those two. I could be wildly off base, but I feel like that's the region of the world, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, okay. Um. Yeah. So the the government shut down, grinds on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Ukrainian. U- Ukrainian, by the way. Oh, it's Ukrainian. Okay. Yeah. I was a little far south, I guess. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little far west. I have to look yeah. at the map again. <laughs> <laughs> we can edit this in post, right? Yeah. <laughs> Where we speculate about people's uh, origin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As a as a former history major, I I have to appear to at least have my geography on point too. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they they're basically. Um, I don't know. They're shuffling money around to like give people their food stamps this month. They're, you know, they're they're still issuing tax refunds even though the guidance says you're not supposed to during a shutdown, and so that might be illegal. And they're keeping the parks open, but they're now they're dipping into entrance fees to like pay people, and they're also like people are now dying on trails and stuff that are unmanned and. You know, in Joshua Tree National Park, the trees are getting run over because people are off-roading now. <laughs> like, it's a mess. Like, it's, they're all, but the point is that they're like, it's shut down, but they're trying not to have people feel it. But it's like, <laughs> yeah, don't give people their checks, like, for real. Like, don't give the food stamps or Social Security or anything and see if this comes to a stop real quick. Uh, yeah, yeah, they've, I don't know. They like the, they like the the drama of it, but they don't want to deal with the consequences or they want to minimize, minimize the consequences for, you know, the people they want to minimize them for and, you know, maximize them for everybody else or whatever. But, uh, whatever it's, it's, you know, a dumb show. I, you know, I think the, the Democrats need to stick to their guns here and just, you know, Trump's already owned it. Let him own it. It's his deal. I will shut down the government. Okay, absolutely. Fair and we I am disagree. proud, and I'll we tell you disagree. what, I am proud to shut down the government for border security, Chuck, because the people of this country don't want criminals and people that have lots of problems and drugs pouring into our country. So I will take the mantle. I will be the one to shut it down. I'm not going to blame you for it. The last time you shut it down, it didn't work. I will take the mantle Good. of shutting down. And I'm going to shut it down for border But we security. believe you shouldn't okay. shut it down. Thank you very much, everybody. I mean, how many shutdowns? We've had three shutdowns in the past year, haven't we? This is number lot. three from 2018, I think. And Yeah, I bet we'll hit a month. I don't know. We will see. Yeah. Yeah, all oh, over the, this. Uh, yeah. yeah. What were you going to say? It, well, it's all over the border wall funding, which, you know, he had two years to do and he didn't do when he had Republicans. And he can say, oh, well, the Democrats wouldn't help. But, you know, he could have made the offer that the Democrats would have taken at that point. I mean, they were they, willing they to give him a lot more. 
yeah, they offered some money for the wall in exchange for the DACA kids back way back when, right? Yeah. So, I mean, they're not I, doing that now because they don't have to, but, you know. I, I never really was wild about that because that's, you know, you're giving him a permanent thing in exchange for something. Like, the DACA problem doesn't go away if we help the kids who are in DACA right now, right? I mean, those guys, they get help or whatever. They get a reprieve or they get work permits or whatever it is they're supposed to get or something. And yet, you know, the the the, the situation continues to happen because we all know the wall's not going to stop illegal immigration. And kids that wind up in DACA are going to, you know, continue to be here or whatever coming in. Although, I don't know. I mean... I don't know. This may need to be edited for clarity, but well, I, mean, I think was with, DACA... With DACA was like a, a certain time period. Okay, it was a one-time thing then. Yeah, it was a one-time thing that you could apply for, and you had to meet certain criteria for it. So no, I don't think it's just a continuous thing. It wouldn't like I don't think I don't know how that would even affect people that would do the same thing now. Like I don't yeah. think there's any more DACA people coming. I think it's still like a loophole in the system. We're not a loophole, but they don't have permanent status. Still, the new people that would be coming after them. So, okay, yeah. Well, it's. I mean, however you slice it, it's not a good thing when the no. government, uh, under one administration, gets these people to come out of the shadows and declare their status and gives them certain promises, and then the next administration just rolls in and tears up the agreement and says no no you're all going to get deported and stuff this is illegal what they did and stuff i mean it's uh it's not a way to run a government we're not gonna you know republicans say uh we if we don't have a border wall we're not gonna have a country it's like we don't have a country if guarantees under one administration are not held up in the next one right Mm -hmm. but that's when republicans were very concerned about obama acting like a king with his executive orders, remember, he was so concerned, and now they're yeah. not concerned at all anymore. I wonder what changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's another point where the news media basically needs to stop pretending that things are equal. Like, you know, Repub- Demo- Republicans say that this is, uh, you know, that if Democrats, I mean, I don't know, I can't hardly make a thought tonight. Anyways, <laughs> edit. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. The point is, like, yeah. They, they've got to stop, uh, uh, I don't know, pretending that they got to stop pretending that Republican talking heads that they like to have on their news networks so often are, uh, are what can we say, being genuine acting, in acting things in good that they, faith. yeah, exactly, um, because they're not, and everybody knows it, and, you know, the past two years really have showed it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's like the AP had a headline that they got slammed for that was like, two reasons why the shutdown won't end. Trump wants the wall and the Democrats won't give it to him. And it's like, no, there's one reason, (laughs) because Trump is like holding the whole country hostage. That's what's happening. And don't make it into it like this side says this, but this side says this. It's like this 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 hostage situation won't end because the gunman has a gun to the little girl's head and they won't give him the money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The police have guns, too. Exactly. It's, it's a very <laughs> it's uh yeah uh anyways i i saw that the uh the gofundme that a like triple amputee iraq vet or something has uh-huh. set up to fund the wall has raised 20 million dollars which you know props to him that's impressive but uh 
he did make a promise to give all the money back if like uh if he didn't reach his goal of i think it was i don't know if he was going to go for the full what is it 5.6 or 5.7 billion (laughs) yeah i thought that was funny i did see that somebody set up a competing gofundme of uh, ladders to climb over the wall so Hmm. yeah well i read an article a few i don't know a few weeks ago on the atlantic that was about i don't know if it was even a few weeks ago it might have been a week ago but it was about how the gofundme kind of the gofundme occasion of the economy or whatever is a response to basically the government institutions not working properly anymore and they they said that like on the one hand when people have medical debt and stuff and everybody's very sympathetic to that they donate to those people but they're they're doing that because something in the government is not functioning the way it's supposed to. Society's not working the way it's supposed to. And, you know, now Republicans are trying to go fund a the border wall that Trump wants because Mexico's not going to pay for it. The Democrats aren't going to spend American tax money on it. Knock on wood. I hope they stay strong. Uh, and so people are, <clears throat> you know, trying to institute policies that they support with money when the government is incapable of doing it for better or worse mm-hmm. so it was, a, it was a very interesting article actually yeah i saw there was a uh a hospital in michigan that was like either partially owned by betsy devos's family or in some way connected to her but anyway this person get a letter from them after they were like diagnosed with cancer that was like the hospital like suggested the gofundme uh, amount that they should go for and it's like this is what we've come to in this country like we can't just admit that people need health care because they're human beings and they should be able to live a life. And it's like, we have to like say like, Oh, you're worthy of this. So here's your GoFundMe, uh, or like these like crazy, like boy, ugh, drives me nuts. Like the, like, uh, right. The people that want to attach work requirements to Medicaid, uh, like in Indiana is about to do and other States, Kentucky, like, it's so mean and it's so like, you know, we, oh, well, you only deserve to live if you can like contribute to society or if we think you like are are worthy of it. But if you're not, then you're going to die. <laughs> like, it's like so horrible. And these people are Christians and uh, it just drives me nuts. Yeah. Well, I saw Mitch McConnell is talking about now uh, making adjustments to quote unquote entitlements, right? Medicare, Medicaid, and sure. Social Security. Yeah, He's saying absolutely. we got to make some cuts. You know, we got to do something about the deficit. Uh, you know, we've got six hundred and seventy-five so billion or whatever it is, and uh, you know, we we gave money to the Defense Department. We gave them a huge budget. We we cut taxes on the big corporations and the rich people. Oh, now now you know these these entitlements are killing us. We got to do something about it. Which you know, uh, that guy. Like I mean, I don't know. Yeah, he's he's, he's he's very destructive, Mitch McConnell. Like, I don't think people realize how instrumental he has been in in what has happened to this country. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, very disturbing. Um, Upsetting that he continues to be reelected from Mm -hmm. wherever he crawled out from under. Yeah. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) You got Mitch McConnell and Rand Paul, huh? Yep. That's that's the two two senators from Kentucky there. Well, so did you watch the uh, presidential address from the Oval Office? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I caught it on YouTube a couple hours after it went, after it happened. My fellow Americans, 
Tonight, I am speaking to you because there is a growing humanitarian and security crisis at our southern border. Every day, Customs and Border Patrol agents encounter thousands of illegal immigrants trying to enter our country. We are out of space to hold them, and we have no way to promptly return them back home to their country. America proudly welcomes millions of lawful immigrants who enrich our society and contribute to our nation. But all Americans are hurt by uncontrolled illegal migration. It strains public resources and drives down jobs and wages. Among those hardest hit are African Americans and Hispanic Americans. Our southern border is a pipeline for vast quantities of illegal drugs, including meth, heroin, cocaine, and fentanyl. Every week, 300 of our citizens are killed by heroin alone, 90% of which floods across from our southern border. More Americans will die from drugs this year than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. In the last two years, ICE officers made 266,000 arrests of aliens with criminal records, including those charged or convicted of 100,000 assaults, 30,000 sex crimes, and 4,000 violent killings. Over the years, thousands of Americans have been brutally killed by those who illegally entered our country, and thousands more lives will be lost if we don't act right now. This is a humanitarian crisis, a crisis of the heart and a crisis of the soul. Last month, 20,000 migrant children were illegally brought into the United States, a dramatic increase. These children are used as human pawns by vicious coyotes and ruthless gangs. One in three women are sexually assaulted on the dangerous trek up through Mexico. Women and children are the biggest victims, by far, of our broken system. This is the tragic reality of illegal immigration on our southern border. This is the cycle of human suffering that I am determined to end. My administration has presented Congress with a detailed proposal to secure the border and stop the criminal gangs, drug smugglers, and human traffickers. It's a tremendous problem. Our proposal was developed by law enforcement professionals and border agents at the Department of Homeland Security. These are the resources they have requested to properly perform their mission and keep America safe. In fact, safer than ever before. The proposal from Homeland Security includes cutting-edge technology for detecting drugs, weapons, illegal contraband, and many other things. We have requested more agents, immigration judges, and bed space to process the sharp rise in unlawful migration fueled by our very strong economy. Our plan also contains an urgent request for humanitarian assistance and medical support. Furthermore, we have asked Congress to close border security loopholes so that illegal immigrant children can be safely and humanely returned back home. Finally, as part of an overall approach to border security, law enforcement professionals have requested 
$5.7 billion for a physical barrier. At the request of Democrats, it will be a steel barrier rather than a concrete wall. This barrier is absolutely critical to border security. It's also what our professionals at the border want and need. This is just common sense. The border wall would very quickly pay for itself. The cost of illegal drugs exceeds $500 billion a year, vastly more than the $5.7 billion we have requested from Congress. The wall will also be paid for indirectly by the great new trade deal we have made with Mexico. Senator Chuck Schumer, who you will be hearing from later tonight, has repeatedly supported a physical barrier in the past, along with many other Democrats. They changed their mind only after I was elected president. Democrats in Congress have refused to acknowledge the crisis. And they have refused to provide our brave border agents with the tools they desperately need to protect our families and our nation. The federal government remains shut down for one reason and one reason only, because Democrats will not fund border security. My administration is doing everything in our power to help those impacted by the situation. But the only solution is for Democrats to pass a spending bill that defends our borders and reopens the government. This situation could be solved in a 45-minute meeting. I have invited congressional leadership to the White House tomorrow to get this done. Hopefully, we can rise above partisan politics in order to support national security. Some have suggested a barrier is immoral. Then why do wealthy politicians build walls, fences, and gates around their homes? They don't build walls because they hate the people on the outside, but because they love the people on the inside. The only thing that is immoral is the politicians to do nothing and continue to allow more innocent people to be so horribly victimized. America's heart broke the day after Christmas when a young police officer in California was savagely murdered in cold blood by an illegal alien who just came across the border. The life of an American hero was stolen by someone who had no right to be in our country. Day after day, precious lives are cut short by those who have violated our borders. In California, an Air Force veteran was raped, murdered, and beaten to death with a hammer by an illegal alien with a long criminal history. In Georgia, an illegal alien was recently charged with murder for killing, beheading, and dismembering his neighbor. In Maryland, MS-13 gang members who arrived in the United States as unaccompanied minors were arrested and charged last year after viciously stabbing and beating a 16-year-old girl. Over the last several years, I've met with dozens of families whose loved ones were stolen by illegal immigration. 
I've held the hands of the weeping mothers and embraced the grief-stricken fathers. So sad, so terrible. I will never forget the pain in their eyes, the tremble in their voices, and the sadness gripping their souls. How much more American blood must we shed before Congress does its job? For those who refuse to compromise in the name of border security, I would ask, imagine if it was your child, your husband, or your wife, whose life was so cruelly shattered and totally broken. To every member of Congress, pass a bill that ends this crisis. To every citizen, call Congress and tell them to finally, after all of these decades, secure our border. This is a choice between right and wrong, justice and injustice. This is about whether we fulfill our sacred duty to the American citizens we serve. When I took the oath of office, I swore to protect our country. And that is what I will always do. So help me God. Thank you and good night. Yeah. It was, you know, it was boring, you know, which is disappointing. From Trump, we expect a little more. It had the lies. It had the misrepresentations. It, but it was basically just a total restatement of everything that he's been saying for months now. Mm-hmm. And it was just very dry and boring, as things often are when he reads from a script. <laughs> yeah, the sniffing is back big time. Uh, yeah. Remember in the debates, remember the sniffing that oh, was yeah. so pronounced? Yeah, I think it's it's back. Whatever... I don't know. I don't want to speculate on air, but he's, <laughs> I, I, I know I know some some drugs that you could be on that would make you do that. That's all I'm saying. Huh. Yeah, I have no idea if he's on if he's on some sort of drugs or if he's just like he's nervous or something in those situations or uh, whatever the case is. It's very clear that he's not the healthiest president we've ever had. <laughs> so, yeah, the Diet Coke and McDonald's diet is screaming out from inside the calls coming from inside the house he doesn't he doesn't look good to me he looks very bad and his eyes are kind of you said that squinty eyes thing but he did kind of looked a little glassy eyed or squinty eyed or something i don't know hmm. yeah i don't know I, I was actually mostly just listening to it I, I don't think i was really watching him uh i don't know it's hmm. uh i don't know what are you going to do with this guy he's he's uh totally incompetent uh, incapable of learning, only focused on things insofar as they affect him, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, actually, tonight I started watching the old uh, The American Office for the first time. I've been objecting since it came out or whatever, but I finally figured I'd give it a try. You know, I've been loyal to the British one for long enough, but I think Ricky Gervais recently said that he has no problem with people who remade his show or whatever. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. I'll give it a try. And yeah, it's it's remarkable how much of it was has come so far directly from the British show. But uh, I don't know. I saw some things on YouTube that were like uh, Michael Scott or whatever his name is, the character there. They're like, he's actually a good boss. And it's kind of like this hot takey thing on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I'm like, and so much of it is just so Trumpian, you know, 
That's true. This need to just never be wrong, to always look good in people's eyes, to want to say the right thing, even if, you know, you have no intention of backing it up with action or anything or any ability to affect it in any way. It's Mm -hmm. all very, you know, so I, I, I don't know when I thought about those videos where they were saying, oh, he's actually a good boss. When you think about it, it's like, no, (laughs) I don't know. I'm on season one, though. Maybe he reveals some hidden depths later, but. I think he has hidden depths. I don't think I would ever call him a good boss. I, he's entertaining to watch and flail when he gets him in himself in situations, but I wouldn't mm. want to work. I wouldn't want to be his employee. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's a comedy, but I don't know. It's. Uh, yeah. Well, we're seeing more and more Democratic candidates coming out. I don't know. What do you think so far? I think. Tulsi Gabbard declared today or something. And oh, is that right? Yeah. Uh, well, let's see who we got. We got Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, I think yeah. that that whole thing we talked about with the DNA test is probably a fatal flaw for her, honestly. I don't see her mm-hmm. going up against Trump and coming out the other side victorious after that. Um, well, I think I think she could win. I mean... You know, how's that saying go about lawyers or whatever? You know, a ham sandwich could win at this point. Oh, you mean about grand juries? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they could. I mean, a ham, yeah, basically to paraphrase or whatever. But uh, yeah, I mean, anybody could win theoretically. But uh, I don't know. Somebody who just is not going to stick up to things the right way or not going to be able to handle the bully tactics right. the right way. I think I don't know. Also, she was a Republican for the until she was like forty. Apparently, did you know that? Hmm. Well, Hillary was a Republican till college, so true. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, Tulsi Gabbard worries me in a couple of ways. I don't know. On the one hand, she was very pro Bernie. Mm-hmm. Uh, in twenty sixteen. On the other hand, she had that meeting with uh with Bashar al-Assad over in Syria, I think in 20, God, I want to say 2017, but I don't think that's right. It might've been a little Mm -hmm. bit before that. Um, And she's been very seemingly pro-Assad in a lot of ways or something. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what her deal is exactly. I guess she's an American Samoan, half American Samoan or something. She was Mm -hmm. in Iraq or she's a, a, a veteran of one of the two most recent wars or whatever. Uh, and she supported Bernie Sanders and stuff. It kind of worries me that these people are trying to get in kind of like on the Bernie Sanders wing, you know, Elizabeth Warren, Tulsi Gabbard. I mean, they're kind of getting in before Bernie. And I don't know if they're trying to, to, you know, take up his edge of the democratic coalition or if they're trying mm-hmm. to like, discourage him from running by trying to you know get in there first or what um i don't know well, I was incredibly... he is i mean he's, he's kind of old he's 80 right at this point or he's gonna be 80 yeah i don't know i i think well age is a number to some degree okay. i just think whenever, i mean <laughs> okay r kelly <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh <laughs> trapped in the closet oh yeah <laughs> trapped can't get out 
Oh boy, there's another story. I haven't seen those episodes. Is that on Netflix or what is that on? That's the uh, I believe the show? it's a lifetime. I believe it's a lifetime uh, series, but I'm not okay. sure where it's streaming or not. But yeah, I do need to see that as well. But it's probably all stuff I've heard before, but just didn't see together in one place. But anyway, back to the discussion at hand. But uh, uh, Bernie, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, he's kind of old. He's... I mean. At least he's, he's inspired old. other people to run in his footsteps. I mean, you could say it's a victory of a sort, you know? Yeah. I think, I mean, age is one thing, but I, I think, you know, you look at Donald Trump, you see obvious uh, mental decline, right? But you look at Bernie Sanders, he's, you know, full of piss and vinegar. He's uh, coherent when he talks. He's passionate. He knows what he's talking about. I... I don't get the feeling that he's going to keep, drop dead in the next four to eight years necessarily. I mean, and he, who knows? Things, things, health things can pop up at any time. It's sure. a scary thing, but uh, I don't know. It's, uh, I don't know. I just don't think that he's, uh, we, Donald Trump is going to have a heart attack before Bernie Sanders goes anywhere, I think. Uh, <laughs> knock on wood, something. <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah, and I'm sure, like you said before, whoever he picks as his VP would probably be just an acceptable substitute for whoever, you know what I mean? I'm sure he would pick somebody that people would like if they voted for him, you know? So Yeah, I I, I would hope so. Um, but at the same time, if he got the nomination, he might have to, you know, the Democratic committee might have to, they might push somebody on him like, God, not a Tim Kaine, hopefully. <laughs> But oh, not again. Yeah, por favor. No mas. <laughs> Wasn't that Tim Kaine's thing? He could speak Spanish. Or oh something? yes, absolutely. Any place for Monica, I think too. I remember. Oh, oh, what a what a quirky guy. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm still. I like. Elizabeth Warren, I think she she's good on a lot of things. I think she doesn't necessarily would be would not be able to handle if she could get through the the general election against Trump without, you know, embarrassing herself somehow. I think that'd be great. But, you know, frankly, I'm still not wild that she kind of betrayed Bernie for Hillary when she's clearly much more close ideologically to Bernie uh, in 2016. Um, I don't know. Sorry. It's, uh, you know. The uh, the the things we do echo through time. Isn't that something from Gladiator? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Close enough. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think maybe I don't know. I'm just speculating, but maybe it was because she was excited that a woman president. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I. It's, she did. Uh, she did go pretty hard for. Did she go for Hillary while the primary battle was still happening? Yeah, she went for Hillary during the primary. Wow. It wasn't like things were already wrapped up and she, you know, then she, she, yeah, she endorsed Clinton during the primary. I remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, some other names I'm hearing, I'm hearing Kamala Harris may be going mm-hmm. pretty soon. I think I heard uh, Julian, Julian Castro or something. I don't really know this guy. I've heard his name for a couple of years. I don't really know him. He was in the Obama administration, I think. Okay. I, he, I mean, he couldn't have been, I mean, he wasn't a department head exactly, was he? What was he? I think he was. Let me okay. look it up. 
Julian K. I think he was the head of HUD or something. That sounds about right. Was he the head, though, or was he like a vice deputy mm-hmm. something? He was the... You no, know, he was the secretary of HUD under Barack Obama, 2014 to 2017. Oh, okay. Well, good Young, for him. Youngest member of the Obama cabinet. Okay. Um, who else am I hearing? Uh, oh, Beto. Joe Biden's. Oh God, I don't know about Beto. He didn't beat I Ted heard... Cruz, which doesn't fill me with confidence. Yeah, well, it's Texas, but still. Yeah, that would have been that would have made a stronger case for himself if he had beaten Ted Cruz. But yeah, Joe Biden. I don't know. Joe Biden be fine at this point, but. I don't know. I feel like that would be like Trump running against Obama or something somehow. Yeah. People's I'm not minds. Wild about, not wild about Joe Biden either. I mean, no. I mean, he's said a lot of foolish stuff over the years, mm-hmm. you know, including about Obama before Obama became president. Um, he was not very well. He didn't represent himself very well, from what I understand, in the Anita Hill Clarence Thomas hearings in the early 90s there that I have a very vague recollection of from my childhood. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, in the Me Too era, I mean, Donald Trump doesn't have any room to talk, but I don't know. I just don't know that that's the person we need. He's a centrist. He's. uh, I don't know. Yeah, he's not he's not my cup of tea either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, I do. I don't know. I do think people need to be cognizant, though, that, you know, Russia could very easily once again be trying to uh, influence the kind of the internecine, internecine, I forget how to pronounce that word. Mm-hmm. It's one of those words you always see written um, mm-hmm. fight in the Democratic primary, though, mm-hmm. uh, which they certainly did during the 2016 campaign. Like the, um, the WikiLeaks, you know. Yeah, at this point, I don't know. Years and years and years ago, I was willing to give uh, Julian Assange the benefit of the doubt, but I think, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's time to storm the embassy, I think. Drag his ass out. <laughs> what the fuck did you do? The fuck did you do? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Yeah, we've got a lot of candidates wanting to run. I'm sure there's some other ones that we haven't even heard of yet. Cory Booker's uh, still out there. Yeah, Cory Booker's there. I was going to say uh, Mitch Landrew, who is the mayor of uh, New Orleans. Hmm. Okay, I haven't heard about that one. Oh, uh, one from Indiana, uh, South Bend Mayor Pete Budelig. He is a young gay man that is the mayor of South Bend, and he is... Uh, Apparently a rising star in the in the party. So, hmm. I don't see a president Beetleig. I don't know. <laughs> it's it's a funny last name, but yeah, he's he's got some heat. I don't know. There's got a lot of people, but I what I want, all I really want is just put somebody that could possibly win, and then from the right have somebody like Kasich or Mitt Romney or somebody else either try to primary Trump or I think would be even better be a third party for them siphons yeah. votes away 
act as a yeah. spoiler. If they really care about this country, they would do that. Yeah, they don't. They won't. I don't think they will. Um, Not even like Jeff I don't know. I think they'd like to primary him, but uh, I think I've heard that the Republicans are trying to change the rules so that they can't be primaried uh, wow. this time. Wow. I think I heard something about that. Hmm. Yeah, I'd miss yeah. that. Wow. Yeah, they I I don't know. They are they like to at the end of the day, Republicans will always circle the wagons, right? That's what they're good at. Yeah. But 2019 should be an interesting time. What what grade would you like to give Chuck and Nancy so far? I don't know. What did you think of their response to the thing? Did you th- think it was good? I don't know. It seemed a little wonky and ineffective or something. Good evening. I appreciate the opportunity to speak directly to the American people tonight about how we can end this shutdown and meet the needs of the American people. Sadly... Much of what we heard from President Trump throughout this sense of shutdown has been full of misinformation and even malice. The president has chosen fear. We want to start with the facts. The fact is, on the very first day of this Congress, House Democrats passed Senate Republican legislation to reopen government and fund smart, effective border security solutions. But the president is rejecting these bipartisan bills which would reopen government over his obsession with forcing American taxpayers to waste billions of dollars on an expensive and ineffective wall, a wall he always promised Mexico would pay for. The fact is, President Trump has chosen to hold hostage critical services for the health, safety, and well-being of the American people and withhold the paychecks of 800,000 innocent workers across the nation, many of them veterans. He promised to keep government shut down for months or years, no matter whom it hurts. That's just plain wrong. The fact is, we all agree we need to secure our borders while honoring our values. We can build the infrastructure and roads at our ports of entry. We can install new technology to scan cars and trucks for drugs coming into our nation. We can hire the personnel we need to facilitate trade and immigration at the border. We can fund more innovation to detect unauthorized crossings. The fact is, the women and children at the border are not a security threat. They are a humanitarian challenge, a challenge that President Trump's own cruel and counterproductive policies have only deepened. And the fact is, President Trump must stop holding the American people hostage, must stop manufacturing a crisis, and must reopen the government. Thank you. Leader Schumer. Thank you, Speaker Pelosi. My fellow Americans, we address you tonight for one reason only. The President of the United States, having failed to get Mexico to pay for his ineffective, unnecessary border wall, and unable to convince the Congress or the American people to foot the bill, has shut down the government. American democracy doesn't work that way. We don't govern by temper tantrum. No President should pound the table and demand he gets his way or else the government shuts down, hurting millions of Americans who are treated as leverage. Tonight, and throughout this debate and throughout his presidency, President Trump has appealed to fear, not facts, division, not unity. Make no mistake, Democrats and the President both want stronger border security, 
However, we sharply disagree with the President about the most effective way to do it. So, how do we untangle this mess? Well, there's an obvious solution. Separate the shutdown from arguments over border security. There is bipartisan legislation supported by Democrats and Republicans to reopen government while allowing debate over border security to continue. There is no excuse for hurting millions of Americans over a policy difference. Federal workers are about to miss a paycheck. Some families can't get a mortgage to buy a new home. Farmers and small businesses won't get loans they desperately need. Most presidents have used Oval Office addresses for noble purposes. This president just used the backdrop of the Oval Office to manufacture a crisis, stoke fear, and divert attention from the turmoil in his administration. My fellow Americans, there is no challenge so great that our nation cannot rise to meet it. We can reopen the government and continue to work through disagreements over policy. We can secure our border without an ineffective, expensive wall. And we can welcome legal immigrants and refugees without compromising safety and security. The symbol of America should be the Statue of Liberty, not a 30-foot wall. So our suggestion is a simple one. Mr. President, reopen the government and we can work to resolve our differences over border security but end this shutdown now. Thank you. I don't know. They are, they are, I will, you know, I will say if, if the, if the left wing of the Democratic Party could have, you know, credibly challenged Nancy Pelosi, I would have supported that. They ultimately didn't. Uh, and she's been doing okay since then, I would say, I don't know, on some of the things she's been doing. Uh, I think like Chuck Schumer seems to really be kind of an intention hog or something in the camera. Like, I think there was one, not this most recent press conference, but there was one before that where it was like him and her standing next to each other. And she was about to pass it off to somebody else. And he said, wait, 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 it's my turn. It's my turn. Let me talk too." he had to get his sound bite in there. And it was just kind of like, I don't know. It just seems like he's really, he's very concerned that he also be seen to be saying, you know, important things on camera. Yeah, he's. I'm not a fan of his. I think they could do better, honestly. Yeah, Democrats are not sending us their best people. No, no, they're not. I mean, Nancy's okay, I guess. I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with her, but it would have been nice to see somebody else. Uh, now, see, the, the dream would be if, because uh, you know, the Speaker of the House doesn't even have to be a member of Congress, right? So, oh, really? yeah, they can elect anybody. So. Here's what you do. You put Hillary Clinton as Speaker of the House, and then you impeach Pence and Trump, and look at look at what you got. <laughs> President Hillary Clinton. <laughs> that would drive the Republicans insane. <laughs> yeah, it would be Second Civil War 2.0, right? Oh, right no, they, sure. They'd lose it, and then she could make Obama her vice president just for good measure. <laughs> yeah, that would. Oh boy. Yeah, or no, would, she could uh, she could put him on the Supreme Court. That would that would be much better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's time to expand the court. Oh yeah. Public. So you, yeah, you ready to go down that road? Oh yeah. You know, it doesn't matter. The worst you can say is that it destroys norms, but and you know, 
responsible people would argue that we shouldn't be doing that. But uh, Republicans have been destroying norms for several years now. And, you know, obviously, like the media is not going to take it seriously until the Democrats start doing it, too. So, uh, you know, it's time to take it to that next level. I I don't know. I find when I when I listen to myself or whatever on these podcasts, I find that I do sound a little bit shrill or extreme sometimes. And uh, I don't know. The other stuff isn't working, I think. Uh, but won't they know. just expand the court again, like if they get in power? Like yeah. If you expand it once, they'll do it again, and then it's just a tit for tat. Yeah. Well, we can just keep doing that. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> it's you know. I mean, what's what's the what's the situation right now? We've got a Republican majority for the rest of our lives, basically, right? That's I mean, the way it practically. Looks, yeah. I mean, what have we got to lose? Yeah, it's true. It's legal. It's constitutional. It's been it, done is before. It, is it very cool and very illegal? It's very cool and it's very legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, so those are the two most important elements to be concerned with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Based on my in-depth knowledge of uh, constitutional law, that's all that's required, really. <laughs> I believe uh, Thomas Jefferson first said that. <laughs> yeah. But we we hold these truths to be self-evident. Cool and legal. <laughs> Very. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so yeah, I don't know what's going on there in Indiana these days. Oh well, the state house is back in session, so they're considering all sorts of things. The Republicans have a supermajority in both houses, so they'll do whatever they want. Um, some people are trying to get them to take up uh, medical marijuana. Because Michigan just went to full recreational, but mm. I doubt it. I think what's going to happen on that is they'll probably get federally legal before it gets state legal, I would say. Yeah. It's probably more likely, especially in Indiana, which apparently has to be in the back end of everything because we're only one of only five states now that doesn't have a hate crimes law, for example. And we're also, uh, let's see, what else we got? Oh, Sunday alcohol, which just this year, last year. We finally could buy beer on Sunday. The final mm-hmm. state that couldn't do that. Uh, I, you know. I think I remember. I remember certain weekends during college where we uh-huh. we went out to buy beer or something, and then we realized it was Sunday or something. And we're like, "Oh shit! I guess we can't drink tonight." Yeah. <laughs> That's uh. That was. Those were sad nights. Yeah. <laughs> so, more sad nights, but yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't have been like that. And we we're always having to be dragged, kicking and screaming into what we knew we would have to do anyway. So it's it's ridiculous. It's like everything. I don't know why the state has to be so backwards sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's Indiana. I know. But still. <laughs> it's, it's uh, I don't know. Yeah, to be honest, I never really wanted to move there. Back when I was like 14 years old and we were moving from North Carolina up to Indiana, I was never about that. Mm. And most of what I saw in the in the years after that didn't really do much to change my opinion not that north carolina is any gym either but i don't know it's got the mountains at least Mm -hmm. it's got you know i don't know Asheville, the town where i was near was a pretty cool little place most of the time Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah bloomington's nice i guess bloomington's a pretty pretty good place there's there's parts of india that are nice and then there's the rest of it (laughs) yeah yeah it's uh it sounds like the North Carolinas in 
hot water for I don't know what are they I mean gerrymandering trying to steal oh. powers away from the new you governor or whatever it. yeah yeah uh, they did the same election thing in Wisconsin yeah they're just trying to steal the Democratic governor's powers before they go in oh and they're trying to change like the election boards so that Republicans are in charge of it during election years. And then they're mm-hmm. they're like, oh, it'll be even because it'll you know, see we'll trade off every year. But it's like all the years that they are controlling it, it's like it's the only ones that matter. So. Yeah, I think like I mean I think we need new laws because the fact that they can change the laws for the government at the state level when they're not in power, I mean that's that's like on its face that should be illegal, right? Like. No, well, here, if you, here's, if you, if you yeah. lose the election, the other party gets to have the same powers that you had. Like you right. don't get to, you don't get to in a bald, I mean, in a bald faced partisan way, you don't get to change the rules of the game mid game. You know, yeah. that should be illegal. Like, I mean, we've, America is a country of laws. We've got so many fucking laws. We've got all these, you know, little things and stuff, but the big stuff like this, I mean, like I said, with the, uh, with the crowdfunding and stuff, the article I read, it's just like institutions aren't working anymore. You know, this isn't working. The law should prevent something like this from happening. But the fact that it's not says, okay, there needs to be a law. Like, I mean, yes, there has to be a way to, you know, change the powers of the state government at times. Sure. But Mm -hmm. when it's being done in a nakedly partisan way, uh, that's, you know, that's, I don't know. That should be, I don't know. It it just should be legal. It's right. Well, I think partially the, the reason too is because there's a time period between when the election happens and when they're seated the new, you know, legislature or whatever, or the governor or whatever. So there's like these people know that they're like not going to be in power, so then they like do these rash things in the few weeks they have until they're not in power. So maybe there should be some sort of prohibition on that. Like you can't just make all these crazy new laws, like in between the time you lose the election and the time you're actually out of office. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, the rules have to be the same whether you win or lose. Right. It's like, yeah, it's like, I, I think somebody said the way you could make a just society or something is that if you, if you imagine the society, I think I've heard this on the Joe Rogan, no, 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 not Joe Rogan. Uh, oh, what's his name? Sam Harris. Yeah, the Sam Harris podcast is like, um, you should design a society so that you don't know if you're rich, poor, man, woman, black, white, etc. You, If you didn't know what you were going to be when you went into that society, you would still be satisfied to be going into that society that you would be treated equally and fairly, right? Mm-hmm. And... You know, that that really has to be the way people go into elections. You can't say it doesn't really matter if we win or we lose, because if we lose, we're just going to strip all the powers away from the guy who takes it. I mean, that's uh, you know, I'm not a legal expert, but I don't think you have to be. I mean, you it just takes a basic knowledge of right and wrong. I mean, that's obviously wrong. If our laws don't address that, then that's a deficiency in our laws. That's not a fact that, you know. Big Daddy Cha-Cha doesn't know how the, you know, all the details of how the law works. I mean, I'm sure an Alan Dershowitz would argue circles around me about why, you know, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, well, then you could ask him why he (laughs) was friends with Jeffrey Epstein. So you could have something else to talk about with Alan Dershowitz. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's another thing. And that guy, like he got off really easy, right? Uh, Yeah. 
That's there was a big disgrace. expose yeah, about that. Yeah, he got a sweetheart deal from the current uh, some cabinet member of Trump's administration was like the guy that set up the sweetheart deal. Uh, so yeah, it's it's pretty shady stuff. And he was friends with Bill Clinton and Trump and Prince Edward. And yeah, it's it's looking like he was like running this like celebrity underage sex ring basically, and he got off easy because he didn't spill the beans or whatever. So yeah. That is, uh, I mean, there, and lest we forget, there are, you know, reasonably credible allegations that Donald Trump raped a 13 year old girl. Am I, I wrong? I think that's, that's connected to that case. Yeah, yeah exactly. Case. Yeah. And that's, I mean, and if there's anything, you know, I, there's no specific allegations against Bill Clinton, I don't think, although he knew the guy and was friends with right. him. So who knows mm-hmm. what the situation was there, but right. I mean, this, I mean, the fact that this guy got any kind of a sweetheart deal suggests that you know, powerful people in either or both parties may mm-hmm. have not wanted him to go down and squeal. So, mm-hmm. you know, Definitely. this is just this is the state of America, or at least the appearance of the state of America in 2019. It's like it's this place where, you know, people who commit the big crimes, major crimes. I mean, yeah, I don't we're really talking know. about dozens and dozens of girls like this isn't like just. A yeah, few we're, people. we're talking about trafficking. We're talking about yeah. gang rapes. We're talking about some really heinous shit. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, and yeah, if you if you have dirt on the right people or if it appears that you have dirt on the right people, you, the American public will never know, you know, mm-hmm. what the story was there. Definitely. It's uh, <clears throat> I don't know. It's kind of a sorry. It's kind of a downer podcast. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, what's uh, what's going on in Korea right now? Oh, I don't know. Uh, I'm working hard. Uh, uh, gosh, let's see. Uh, Jordan Peterson is making his debut here. His book has been published in <laughs> Korean, and he made a specific YouTube thing to, hello, oh, no. the people of South Korea, I I, uh, I really respect what you've done with your country there, Uh and I hope you'll enjoy my book and it'll teach you how to be better men or whatever, you know. Wow. Do you tell it's, them to uh, make their bed? Yeah. Yeah. I've already had to warn two young students off, two young guys off that have, teacher, teacher, do you know this philosopher guy? He's very famous over in the West. I'm like, who? And they're like, uh, 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 12, 12. And I'm like, no, no, no. Don't listen <laughs> to this guy. I said, you know. I listened to the guy for about five minutes when he first came on or whatever, just because uh-huh. he seemed like whatever his situation was, was interesting. I was hearing about it from different places. Everybody was talking uh-huh. about it. People were saying, you know, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but then I realized like, no, this guy is, uh, he's got another agenda. He's radically anti-left wing in a way that doesn't hardly even make sense. Uh, He's he's you know, he's one of these people who he has an expertise in a certain area and he may be a great professor in that area. I don't really know, but he feels empowered to opine on a variety of issues that he is not an expert in, clearly. (laughs) And everybody's, you know, giving him all kinds of credibility for that. So, Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I had the same experience. I was like, everyone's talking about this guy, and then I think I heard him on. Was he on the Sam Harris podcast at one point? If he had to have been, right? Uh, they've talked, you know, the intellectual dark web and all. Yeah, that whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I listened to that, and then I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I think he and Sam Harris debated about religion because he's a Christian somehow. But aside from that, they were, you know, they were all, you know, oh, the snowballs, oh, the snowflakes are, oh, on campus, oh, it's crazy these days. God, they ran you off campus. They did that to me too. Oh, it was that Gosh. whole thing, which I wish. I really wish Sam Harris would get off of that thing. It's it's really tired. It's, you know. Yeah, I've never heard so much from people who say they're being silenced. Like, these these people won't be quiet. Like, I can't. I, I That's all I ever hear about from these people. Being silenced. Like, you really? Because you have a podcast with millions of you people that listen to you every week. You have, you're a best-selling author. You have all this, like, you know, I no one's no one. People can hear you. It's okay. It's just maybe in this one spot, you weren't allowed to say exactly what you wanted to, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's ridiculous. And in and you know they're and while they're bitching and moaning about this stuff, I mean, to Sam Harris's credit, he's extremely critical of Donald Trump. Uh, mm -hmm. He he's had entire podcasts where he's talked to like David Frum and people like that and. You know, whatever you want to say about David Frum at this point in time, he's against Trump, which, you know, may not be enough, but it's, you know, it's uh, something. And yeah. so he's been he's been pretty strongly against Donald Trump. But, you know, of all the rights violations and, you know, things going against the Constitution and assertions mm -hmm. of power and, you know, uh, overriding the rule of law and destroying norms and destroying institutions and firing mm -hmm. people willy-nilly so that nobody can effectively manage things when you're not managing them the thing you're going to get bent out of shape is that like berkeley threw you off campus one time or something it's oh I mean, yeah come on that's that's not the threat to our society but, that's okay. just not it well i mean if we if we want to if we want to play devil's advocate on this the argument i guess for caring about that is that you think that maybe this is what is empowering people like donald trump that people on the right get so bent out of shape about this and therefore you know it's like if we have this like policing of speech and all this stuff that then you're like giving when when donald trump t comes across as genuine because he says any old thing that comes into his head you know what I mean? That's that seems that that strikes people differently than oh you can't say this you can't say that. So I don't know. Like I'm maybe I'm being too generous there by putting that argument into his mouth. But you know what I'm saying? Like that that's the type of thing. Like the right wing is a. I mean, as much as they complain about the left wing snowflakes, they are an outrage machine. And if it's not this, it'll always be something else. But and to be fair, you know, Democrats, left wing people have got to stop. I, you know, uh, a couple a month ago or whatever, when PETA came out with their, yeah, right. why don't we, why don't we not say these things that are, you know, these, these idioms and expressions that are about animal cruelty or talking about animals or something, why don't we substitute them for something else? And it's like, you people are a parody of a left-wing opinion. This, you know, this is the type of shit that gives conservatives their ammunition. This kind of petty, childish, stupid, I don't know. It's, I don't know. Yeah. I mean. Like, I, like I think their heart is maybe in the right place in that, 
yes, I agree. Factory farming is a horror show. Yes, I agree. It wouldn't be better. Wouldn't it be better if we didn't have to eat meat? You know, we're all just animals. I get, I get their arguments, but like when you start doing this stuff, yeah. it's like people Let's just do feel it like, like okay. they do it on the Discovery Channel. <laughs> exactly. But yeah, but it's so I I do think there's like there's a a kernel of truth there, and I think like do you, do you know David Pakman? Uh, I've heard the, the David name. Pakman show. Yeah, he's he's a pretty smart guy, although he's got way too many ads on his show and stuff. <laughs> Um, you, you, you watch a three minute video and two minutes is like an ad for like, you know, oh, there's this app that'll read books for you. I read a lot of books, but I don't have time to read them. So this thing reads them to me in 15 minutes. It's amazing. It's like, it's, you know, it's two minutes of that with one minute of worthwhile content, Mm -hmm. but he's a smart dude. Um, but some, somebody had said something, she'd said something about in 2020, I'm not going to vote for a male candidate. I won't vote for a white male candidate because clearly the future, this is the year of the woman or something. He's like, uh, he's like, well, isn't there a name for that or something when you won't vote for somebody based on their sex and their, their, uh, their race? She like tried to get him banned from teaching at Boston college or something. And it's just like, this is, this is the most self-defeating brand of mm-hmm. leftism there is. It's disgraceful. Yeah. Well, what did you think about the whole Kevin Hart situation? Uh, at first I thought, well, I didn't really know what he said at first. And I was like, oh, uh, whatever. I don't know. You know, this is something we do now. We get somebody to host these things, then we complain about it or whatever. But then I saw what he said. He said like something like he's going to beat his son if he's gay or something. I was like, that's, that's a bit just a bit, yeah. That's... That's some pretty heinous shit. I don't know. It's like, you can go on. Everything that you just said, I just have to say this, um, because uh, we talked uh, right when this happened. Mm-hmm. You called me right when it happened mm-hmm. and said, I'm going to talk to you about it. I'm not going to say anything till I'm on your show. So, uh, and then we talked, uh, uh, because I called you. His movie is so amazing. The Upside is so incredible. He's so incredible. I've seen it twice. It's so, anyway, so I called him to tell him how great his movie was. Then we talked a, a little bit more. So I... I called the Academy today because mm-hmm. I, I really want you to host the Oscars. I think that I was so excited when I heard they, that they asked you. I thought it was an amazing thing. I knew how important it was and how it was a dream. So I called them. I said, Kevin's on. I have no idea if he wants to come back and host, but what are your thoughts? And they were like, oh, my God, we, we want him to host. We feel like that maybe we, he misunderstood or it was handled wrong or maybe we said the wrong thing, but we want him to host. What, whatever we can do, we would be thrilled. And he should host the Oscars. I mean, so I... I mean, I, I mean, the, the academy is is saying, what can we do to make this happen? And I and I'm saying to you that as as one of the smartest people I know, one of the funniest people I know, um, and when you see this movie, you see the talent and see his acting ability and what the the, the different layers of, of of Kevin Hart is. And, and that's just another thing we're going to get to see. Mm-hmm. We're, we're going to get to see on stage with you hosting the Oscars is sophistication, class, hilarity, um, and and you growing as as a person. Because most people would say, you know, I'm walking away, I'm not coming back because, you know, I'm going to go back and forth. But for you to be the bigger man, to, for you to say... I understand. And to not pay attention, there are so many haters out there. Whatever's going on in the Internet, don't pay attention to them. That's, that's, that's a small group of people being very, very loud. We are a huge group of people who love you and want to see you host the Oscars. Mm-hmm.
What I, what I can say is this. I can say that there's a, there's a flip side, okay? The, the flip side is to, to any attack, you know, there's, there's just another, there's another side. There's a, there's, a, there's a B side. There's always an A side, there's a B side. On my side, openly, openly, I say I'm wrong for my past words. I, I say it. I said it. I understand that. I know that. My kids know when their dad messes up, I'm in front of it because I want to be an example so they know what to do. In this case, it's tough for me because it was an attack. This wasn't an accident. This wasn't a coincidence. It wasn't a coincidence that the day after I received the job that tweets just somehow manifested from 2008. Now, I don't know who follows me or who doesn't. I'm on social media every day. I got over 40,000 tweets. To go through 40,000 tweets to get back to 2008, that's an attack. That's a malicious attack on my character. That's an attack to end me. That's not an attack to just stop the Oscars. This is what I want people to understand. That's an attack to end me. Now, I'm not gonna get too emotional but when you witness this, and you stand in front of it, and you heard, you heard that these things exist. I've heard about it. I've never experienced it, I've heard about it. This was my first time in the fire. I've seen it. Oh my God, this was to destroy me. This was to end all partnerships, all brand relationships, all investment opportunities, studio relationships, my production company and the people that work underneath me, this was to damage the lives that have been invested in me. It's bigger than just the Oscars. It's about the individuals that are out there now that are finding success and damage. They're finding success and damaging your quote unquote celebrity. Now, if you go back and I don't have a word or if I don't have a, a bond, if I don't have anything to stand on, I'm now going right back into the place where the people that came after me want me to go. They, they, there is no, there, somebody has to take a stand against the, the quote unquote trolls. You have to. Right, but they're gonna win if, if, if you don't host the Oscars. You know, then they win. And so for, for you to stand up and say, no, whoever you are, you know, the, the trolls are, and they, they do it, and who knows who this person mm -hmm. is or, or people, who cares? And, and you can't let them destroy you, and they can't destroy you because you have too much talent. No one can do that. And for them to stop you from your dream, from what you wanted to do and what you have a right to do, what you should be doing, it's why they haven't found another host. I think they were secretly hoping that you would come back. And I'm, I'm really, I'm praying that this happens. I'm, I'm, I, I think, as I said to you earlier, I think it's perfect that all this happened because there has to be a conversation about homophobia. And whatever brought up, whatever they did and whoever's trying to hurt you, it brought up you reminding people that you're a bigger person, that you've already apologized. You're apologizing again. And so, I mean,
You know, I, I, you know, as as a gay person, as someone who actually, what? I, I, yes. <laughs> I'm so sorry to, to break this to you. What? I know, I didn't tell you before. You didn't tell me at dinner? No, I didn't want you to know. I thought okay. maybe he wouldn't like me. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, really, I am as sensitive to, to all of that. And I talked to you about this. And, and you have already expressed that, that it's only, you know, it's, it's, it's not being educated on the subject, not realizing how dangerous those words are, not realizing how many kids are killed for being gay mm -hmm. or beaten up every day. You, you have grown. You have apologized. You're apologizing again right now. You've done it. Don't let those people win. Host the Oscars. I we have to take a break. We'll be back. I don't know why Ellen is so cool with the guy or whatever. I don't know why she's trying to give him. I, They're both yeah. comedians, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I I don't know. Yeah, it's just. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, the social media. I mean, we've all said things on social media that we don't. You know, <laughs> ain't none of us running for elected office in this lifetime. That's mm. you know, that's 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 a given. But. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, I do agree there should be some, you know, but I don't think what he said was really funny. I mean, I guess it was kind of, I don't know, it might have been a kind of virtue signaling to a certain type of fan or something at that point in time, but I don't know. It seemed heartfelt. It's, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I don't know. No. I'm not, I'm yeah. not too bent out of shape out of it. He didn't get the thing. That's a sad story. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's still right. going to be rich, but I mean, my take on it was we should you just always delete your tweets, delete them all, people. That's what that's what I'll say to the end. Never, no reason to keep your your old social media accounts, uh, you know, archived forever for everyone to see, especially Twitter, because anyone can see that. Just delete it all, folks. And so, yeah, but like with the Wayback Machine, people can find things anyways, can't they? Uh, if they screenshot it. You if mean you, like if you, yeah. So they have to screenshot it before you delete it? Yes. And then the Wayback Machine can find it? Okay. Yeah, you go to the Wayback Machine and you put in the address and you say, take a whatever inventory of this. Some some websites do it automatically, but usually the way it works is that somebody wanted to see it and they went back and they clicked it to like save like a version or whatever of it. So. Okay. Yeah. Well, excuse me. I think I've I've got some work to do on Facebook tonight. Then. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you've got your Facebook settings uh, to private and you don't think anybody you're friends with is going to snitch on you, you're probably okay. <laughs> oh man, dude, I've got, I've got <laughs> 775 of my nearest and dearest. <laughs> they would never betray me. <laughs> not, not not a Benedict Arnold among you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's well, it's. You've uh, all passed the test of of me making my acquaintance at least once. <laughs> yeah, I met you at a party. It seemed like a good idea to exchange information. I never saw you again, and I have said some wild shit in that <laughs> interim. <laughs> no, I've have you, have you I've ever, I've gone back and looked at people that have like oh you noticed that they've unfriended me, and I and for a minute I'm like hey, and then I was like well. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, we don't really talk, and I don't really know this person, and they're probably just trying to, like, clean up their friends' list or whatever, so it's like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, it's like a Charlie Puth song. Oh, yeah? What's that one? We, we don't talk anymore. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. The, um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, it happens. I, I don't like defriending people. 
unless they really, really deserve it. Uh, I've done it probably, I can count on one hand the number of times I've defriended anybody on Facebook. Although some of you motherfuckers are really asking for it. <laughs> you want to call any shots out? <laughs> no. They, they've been warned. They know who they are. They know what they've done. <laughs> yeah, that's disgraceful. So, yeah, but yeah. Oh, go ahead. Like Trump supporters, and I think you know who I might be referring to here, but like, I feel like I just don't engage with them for so long that if I ever post anything political, they're like jumping to my mentions like this oh, just yeah. to like try to mix it up, you know. And it's like, I've already muted your updates on my honestly, I forgot we were friends, <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, I, I, I don't know, there, there are certain people on there that I've just thought. Why do I even have these people still around? They're brainwashed now. They're going to be brainwashed for the rest of their lives. Uh, there's no there's no redemption for these people. Do you ever mute people on your timeline, like from showing their updates? No. Really? I like to know what they're up to. Wow. So you get it all. Well, I get whatever the al- algorithm <laughs> gives <you>. me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I think, I think. You know, I think we should have an experiment. I think Zuckerberg should just turn off all the filter and just say, okay, you're going to get a real-time update constant of every single thing that anybody on your thing posts. And, uh, you know, actually, I think that'd be kind of cool because you could really – and then you could really – you would be forced to do it yourself. Like, okay, this – I want to see less of this. I want to see more of that, right? Yeah, because there's decisions I made a long time ago that I don't even remember. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's – uh yeah, there are definitely certain people who. Yeah, well, one time they posted like, "There's vaccines in the chemtrails," and it's like, "Okay, never mind." Goodbye. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, well, I just like to, you know, check in on them, make sure they don't get the measles or something. <laughs> I'm gonna bring up it. some vac- vaccines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think we've had a measles outbreak here, and I forget if it was Daejeon or Daegu over here in Korea somewhere. We've had an outbreak. Uh oh. I think I've seen some things in New York City or somewhere. I don't know where it was. Somewhere in America, they've had something. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, I I, I don't know. I I've seen those people on Facebook too, and yeah, it's kind of like a it's a question: what should be done with those people? It's just like, you know, you've got you've got mutual friends and stuff from the same milieu, I guess we could say, who are like um. Oh, even though you and I don't agree on politics, I still love you as like a bestie. And it's like, is that the right response? I mean, I don't know. It's uh, it's very diplomatic, but it's just kind of like a kind of I don't a know. If, state if of you think truism. it's okay to put, yeah, if, if you think putting kids in cages is okay, I don't know what we have to talk about, <laughs> really. Yeah, when you're when you're very openly racist in numerous yeah. occasions, it's just like. Is it really so important that, you know, I'm still friends with this person from 20 years ago or something? It's just like, I don't know. Yeah. Obviously, they've lived this long and they still have this outlook. So, well, I mean, the thing is, like, I don't remember this outlook back in high school, you know, back in wherever we met them or whatever. It's like maybe they had it and they probably did. And we just weren't aware of it or whatever. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, college. College did a lot of good for a lot of people, I think. Like that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah, that that it's, that is kind of endemic to people that didn't go to college, I guess. Yeah, I, I do want to be careful because I feel like we may be narrowing it down. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. 
No, I mean, there's there's even people that I'm not friends with anymore that I just knew from, you know, grade school or whatever. And you just mm. check in on them and it's like, wow, you really went down a dark path. You're posting like every Trump meme in existence. And it's like, OK, <laughs> you're like a deplorable now, I suppose. So congratulations <laughs> on that. But <laughs> yeah. I've I've had a few friend requests from face uh, from high school that I didn't accept because I checked these people's walls and stuff and it's just like it's a bunch of Trump shit it's a bunch of anti-liberal shit and it's just like nah you know we're not gonna reconnect we're not gonna you know reminisce about old times we're not gonna <laughs> you know we don't have anything in common anymore it's 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 a non-starter it's just yeah I don't delete people so once I friend you I'm not gonna delete you so I'm just gonna save myself the trouble and just not accept the request because. <laughs> We're on different paths, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's a sad story, but that's mm-hmm. that's America these days. Yeah. Well, on that cheery note, uh, what music have you been listening to lately, Chad? Ooh, good question. Well, uh, <laughs> let's see. I've been going to the gym three times a week, pretty much every week, trying to nice do job. that. Trying to, trying to, you know, that New Year's resolution, trying to keep it going. Good. Got to renew my membership in February, so... Um, let's see, what have I been listening to? A little bit of hip hip hop. Uh, I think her name is Tinesh or Tanash or something. Two on, mm-hmm. it's a catchy, catchy uh, hip hop track. Wait, Tinesh uh, D'Souza? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Obama Apocalypse Part Two. <laughs> the Little John remix. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I've been listening to her Tinash, 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 T I N A S H E, I think is her name. Uh, Two On is a good song. Uh, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, which uh, it's not really my style of music, but it was a very well made soundtrack overall. It was well put together, kind of exposed me to some music genres that I was not familiar with, and I ultimately never really went down that road, but that soundtrack itself is pretty catchy. Um, and also the Mech Warrior 2 soundtrack. Did you ever play the old Windows 95 game Mech Warrior 2? Sounds familiar. It had an amazing soundtrack. Like the soundtrack is just you could put it in a movie today and it'd be perfect. Hmm. And it's it's just it's got really good. It's kind of like an orchestral score which sounds lame, but it's actually really like thumping and driving and kind of like techno-y and kind of very alien in a way. It's perfect for giant metallic robots like blasting rockets at each other in, you know, a thousand years in the future. Huh. Well, I found it on YouTube, so I'll listen soon. Yeah, yeah, just start with the first song and go forward. When you when you get to about the 15th or 16th st- song, the, the quality starts to drop a little bit, but mm-hmm. most of the first 15 or so are amazing. Mm. And if you've played the game you just have a lot of good associations with it. Like just you're stomping around in this giant mech. And so you got to imagine you're, you're walking around this like futuristic battlefield while this stuff is playing. It's, it's incredible, but it actually, it's pretty good on the treadmill. I'm playing it right now. Can you hear it? Can't hear anything yet. That's all right. <laughs> I probably get YouTube takedown request anyway, if, even if you could. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what happened. With, I, I don't know if uh, Activision is patrolling for 1995 <laughs> games, <laughs> music, soundtracks, but... Maybe not. Well, I found it on YouTube, so I guess they're not that hard, so... But. Yeah, def- definitely give it a listen. Uh, I've also been listening to, okay, let's see, some old, like, uh, kind of, what can we say? The uh, Kind of like the, what is it? 
Soul for Real. You know them? Mm, sounds familiar. Candy Rain. Mm. Uh, Every Little Thing You Do. Was that them? Candy Rain. I, I, I guarantee, like, when you hear these songs, you'll remember it probably. It's, it's very early 90s. Mm. Very smooth. Very fucking smooth. Very smooth R&B. Okay. Sounds familiar. I'm listening to a yeah. little bit right now. <laughs> yeah. So those are yeah, those are some of my track recommendations. Although I will say the YouTube algorithm these days seems to be like it used to be you clicked on a song and then you get like 50 songs that are related to that one. And I mm-hmm. haven't been getting that so much these days. These days it seems to be just giving me, oh, you want the, the Candy Rain mix? And I click on it. Yes, I do. And they're like, oh, here are the last six songs you listened to the last <laughs> time you listened to Candy Rain. I'm like, that's not what I want. I want, uh, you know, I want some randomization. I want some variety here. What are you mm-hmm. giving me? <laughs> like, yeah. I, I don't want to have to search these things. I don't want to have to think. I'm I'm fucking running, like, at 14 on the treadmill. I don't have time to type a search. I just want some randomness, you know? <laughs> Listen, if I wanted Bill Bibb Defoe, I'd find Bill Bibb Defoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's, it's my prerogative. Poison. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, yeah, those are, those are some tracks that I would definitely uh, put out there for the listening pleasure um also uh what is love hadaway of course classic timeless timeless yeah, it's a question up. we all we all struggle with at times in our life baby don't hurt me <laughs> no, no more. more it's already <laughs> happened once <laughs> yeah it's true it's a good <laughs> so yeah anyways yeah well, yeah, those. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I've been listening to. I don't know. I've heard some covers of certain things. Uh, today I listened to Red Rain by Peter Gabriel for some reason. I don't know. I wow. remember that Peter Gabriel was a person, and I forgot every single song he ever wrote, so I just clicked Peter Gabriel, and I got Red Rain and Shock the Monkey. Kind of oh, got yeah. some 80s stuff in there. So, yeah, I don't know. He's it's got pretty eclectic. Singles. Yeah. Was he like? Was he kind of like a Phil Collins, kind of like a drummer slash vocalist guy or something? Well, he was replaced in Genesis by Phil Collins. Okay. Oh. All right. Well, there. I guess there is that relationship then. Mm-hmm. But then, like Phil Collins did the solo thing after that too. So Genesis must have been just like a shitty band to be in or something. <laughs> if you're Peter Gabriel or uh, or him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, trying to think what else early nineties. Um, there was, there was a song I heard recently that was a, it was another one of those, you know, those deep cuts from the nineties that you just forgot about and then you hear it again and it's like, Oh, Oh yeah, this is a song. It was like dreamer, dream on dreamer. Who did that? Dream on dreamer. Yeah. Search that it early nineties. Cause I think there was like a sixties version of that too. That was like a totally different song. Hmm. Oh, God, I can't remember. It's a woman's name. I forget who, who it was, though. But you'll probably recognize that from the early 90s when you hear it. Dream on Dreamer. Uh, let's see. This is a song from the 90s? Oh, yeah. Huh. 90s. Hold on. Let me pull up my... I've got my iPhone 4 still here. Let me just The, pull the brand up. new heavies? Uh, possibly. Hold on. Let me see. Uh, oh, dreamer. 
Yeah, the brand new heavies. That is it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, that's it. Um, that was one. Uh, yeah, God, what have I been listening to? Lots of stuff. Um, Heavy D and the Boys, speaking of the heavies, a little <laughs> bit of that. Uh, actually, some I've been listening to some, you know, circa 2007, 2008 P. Diddy. Mm. Uh, he had some, he's a, you know, uh, He's not the best rapper alive, but uh, he had some mm-hmm. decent R&B songs. Uh, what was it? Last Night was one, I think. Uh, was that other one? Come to Me or something like that or something mm. like that. He had a couple songs that were kind of like catchy. Mm. Yeah, I guess I never give his solo much of a chance. <laughs> yeah, he had a couple songs in my, I think in my first year or two in Korea, he was kind of on the radio there. Hmm. Yeah. Um, today I listened to some Wyclef John, and I gotta say, like, I mean, uh, I don't know. I like that album a lot back in the day, and it's, you know, artistically it's probably pretty good. It didn't hold up as well as I expected. I feel like I don't know. I may give it another chance a few days later. I did listen to some uh, DMX. Uh, One more road to cross today. Mm. Yeah. Very well put together thing. Um. Yeah, I mean, he had a he had a real structure. I mean, he had a three, you know, I don't know, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, verse, end. Kind of like, I mean, it was a very, you know, he had a solid formula there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> nothing revolutionary. <laughs> but <laughs> I feel like a lot of people had that same idea. <laughs> yeah. Um. Actually, like I've I've jokingly referred a couple times to the uh the was it. Quan, what's his name? Rich Homie. Rich Homie Quan. Rich Homie Quan and whoever's with him on the the Lifestyle song. Lifestyle is an aggressively bad rap song, but it's so bad that it's kind of good. It's, yeah, listen to it. It's, you know that, my lifestyle, it's kind of like the mumble rap thing, I guess. Is this Young (laughs) Thug? Is it? Yeah. Young Thug. I think so. Yeah. Thug and Rich Homie Kwan. Yeah. My lifestyle. Check it out. It's hilarious. Like check it out and message me with what your th- feelings are about this song. <laughs> he's like, um, he's like, uh, it's, he's just kind of like my lifestyle. And then he's like, he's like, uh, at one point he's like, uh, I'm trying to get with this woman, but, uh, uh, she's not getting me hard. I think there must be something wrong with the pussy or something. It's like, <laughs> Dude, maybe there's something wrong with you. It's like, it's just like, <laughs> Blame it on the woman. <laughs> it's an aggressively bad song, but it is it is kind of a funny, like, philosophical thought, you know? You think about, like, he's like, I've done a lot of shit to live this here, my lifestyle, or something. It's like, yeah, yeah, that's kind of true, for better or worse, haven't we all? You know, we've done various <laughs> things that have led us to this point in our life, which this thing has become our lifestyle now. It's like, there, you know... I don't know. There's some sort of a, is it a Buddhist cone or something? What do they call it in there? I don't know. There's some, there's some deeper truth or something in Rich Homie Kwan's situation. Definitely. Words I never <laughs> thought I'd hear said before. <laughs> <laughs> feel, feel free to edit this section mercilessly <laughs> before the no, final, full, final podcast. Okay. No, I'm listening to the song now. It's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Had you not heard it before or? I think you mentioned it before. I just don't think I've actually given it much of a chance. 
Yeah. <laughs> the thing is, you won't like it at first, but then like you'll think of it again a couple of days later and you'll listen to it again and it'll just kind of, you know, it becomes a thing. <laughs> it's, it's 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 terrible but it's so great so I, yeah 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 it's a, it's a it's interesting it's it's deep it's shallow it's stupid it's you know offensive it's somewhat philosophical i don't know it works on different levels <laughs> um, yeah Oh yeah. Anyways, yeah, those are those are some of my musical picks, I guess, these days. Gotcha. I don't cool. know what's new. I don't know what's hot right now, but yeah. I have out no of, out of the loop. No clue. <laughs> yeah. I'm so out of the loop on that. Is yeah, Taylor Swift still happening? <laughs> People seem oh to like God. her, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I don't know. She's had a couple songs. This is how we do. What was that? Was it she did that twenty two thing? 22 mm-hmm. whatever uh she's like one of those people who made like the the country to pop transition or something right oh yes okay kind of another miley silas case cyrus case yeah a little less uh i don't know <laughs> miley cyrus tried to go down the rap road and then i think she hit reverse on that pretty quick and then she's probably for the best yeah she did a um, song with Juicy J and Wiz Khalifa, like Jay's on my feet. Uh, hmm. It's not very good. But <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, Air Force Ones. You remember that? Of course. Yeah, that 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 was a good song. I really like it because it's like, again, we talked about DMX's um, songwriting method on his second album, uh, Flesh of My <laughs> Flesh, Blood of My Blood, where he followed a certain formula. And really, I think that uh, Air Force One's really explodes the traditional hip hop formula as far as it's like a five minute song. And it's not about, you know, shooting people or, you know, fucking girls or anything like that. It's all about shoes. And it's all about this brand of shoes and buying them and shopping for them and what style he likes and what style all his friends like and, you know, how they shop for them and how, you know, it's it's just a good song. It's very on message and it's just it's longer than average. It's. <laughs> yeah yeah i always i always liked that song pretty well yeah and I, I thought it almost took on political dimensions during the during the uh <laughs> during the uh the uh kneeling the nfl oh, kneeling yeah cabinet yeah. situation you know the the air force ones became kind Ka- of a rallying you mean, you mean kaepernick yeah oh kavanaugh that's that's a different <laughs> thing <laughs> yeah Probably the only thing kneeling he did was in university at the toilet. <laughs> exactly. You mean Bart O'Kavanaugh? <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to remember him and Squee and Squee. who were his friends. <laughs> oh, man. I will say that Matt Damon killed that impression of, of him. <laughs> did you see that one? I think I did. I, I kind of forgot about it, but yeah, I saw it. That was That was really good. It's, it's squee. <laughs> Hello. I'm Harris Faulkner, and we are halfway through the Kavanaugh hearing. It's special coverage at the Fox News we're calling, whoa <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh himself is about to appear, so let's go live to the Senate hearing room where two of the oldest white people I've ever seen are about to run a circus. 
Order, order. We're calling this meeting back to order, this hearing back to order. That's right. We're back from lunch. I had soup. And I, I had soup as well. It was too hot. Now, we just heard some very moving testimony from Dr. Ford. I listened to her and I kept a very open mind. And that is why I already voted yes for Kavanaugh before she said a word. Now, we've heard from the alleged victim, uh, but now it's time to hear from the hero, Judge Brett Kavanaugh, who I'm told has been shadow boxing in the men's room for the last 45 minutes. <laughs> Judge Kavanaugh. Are you ready to begin? Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you this. I'm gonna start at an 11. I'm gonna take it to about a 15 real quick. First of all, I showed this speech to almost no one. Not my family, not my friends, not even PJ or Tobin or Squee. This is my speech. There are others like it, but this is mine. I wrote it myself last night while screaming into an empty bag of Doritos. I'm here tonight because of a sham, a political con job orchestrated by the Clintons and George Soros and Kathy Griffin and Mr. Ronan Sinatra. Now, I am usually an optimist. I'm a keg is half full kind of guy. <laughs> but what I've seen from the monsters on this committee makes me want to puke and not from beer. <laughs> Dr. Ford has no evidence, none. Meanwhile, I've got these. <laughs> I've got these calendars. <laughs> These beautiful, creepy calendars <laughs> about lifting weights with PJ and Squee and Donkey Dong Doug. <laughs> but you don't care about Squee or Donkey Dong Doug, do you? You just want to humiliate me in front of my wife and my parents and Alyssa friggin' Milano? <laughs> well, guess what? I'm not backing down, you sons of bitches. I don't know the meaning of the word stop. <laughs> to quote my hero, Clint Eastwood's character in Gran Torino, get the hell off my lawn. Now let's do this. Okay, well, I'm hard as hell. Uh... <laughs> Senator Feinstein, you want to fight this monkey first? Judge Kavanaugh, are you saying that all the claims of Dr. Ford, Mrs. Ramirez, and Mrs. Swetnick are false? <laughs> uh, doy. Then, if you have nothing to hide, would you agree to an independent FBI investigation into the allegations? Asked and answered. I wanted a hearing the next day. The next day! 
Okay, that in no way answers my question. <laughs> Would you agree to an FBI investigation? You want a real investigation? Then just look at, look at my calendar. <laughs> and you're gonna see that every night, I was lifting weights with PJ and Squeeze. <laughs> and Hansy Hank. Gangbang Greg. <laughs> Which, you know, the liberal media is gonna find some way to spin. Okay, can we vote now? No, no, Senator Hatch. I just want to point out that Democrats in this committee have acted like cowards. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'd like to hide behind the female prosecutor who we hire as a human shield. Okay. <laughs> so... So, hi. I've got about 4,000 loose papers on this weird little baby desk they set for me here, okay? Now, okay, first of all, hello. My name is Rachel Mitchell. I'm here mostly for Twitter. And although everyone will constantly be referring to me as female prosecutor, you can really just call me straight up prosecutor, okay? Now, uh, before we begin... Okay, your time is up. Uh, okay, wow, already regretting this. Thank you. Senator Klobuchar. Okay, okay, here we go, here we go. Now... <laughs> now, Judge Kavanaugh, would you say in high school that you were a frequent drinker? Look, <laughs> I like beer, okay? I like beer. Boys like beer. Girls like beer. I like beer. I like beer. Okay, so I asked if you drank in high school and you said, I like beer ten times. <laughs> that leads me to the next question. Did you ever drink too many beers? You mean, was I cool? Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right, then tell me this, Judge. Did you ever drink so much that you blacked out? I don't know, did you? Huh? Huh? Uh, huh? Did you ever black out? Excuse me? Sorry, sorry, I didn't mean that. I, I just, I think I blacked out for a second. I accept your apology, Judge. And can I just ask, uh, is... Is Alyssa Milano behind me? She is so good at finding her lens. Order! Order! Senator Tillis. Uh, thank you. I would also like to yield my time to the female assistant. Uh, or, sorry, do you prefer stewardess? Okay, I cannot believe I flew here on Southwest for this. Uh, okay, now, Judge Kavanaugh, uh, do you have the definition of sexual behavior in front of you? Yeah. Okay, could you please read it to yourself, and while you do, could you look at the piece of paper like you hate it, and could you also squint and make your mouth into the tiniest little mouth we've ever seen? Okay, I read it. Okay, now, having read it... And Time! Oh, okay, very cool. Senator Booker, are you ready to speak? I will not dignify this hearing with words. I will just show you one expression I call the Booker look. 
Okay, thank you, Senator Booker. Senator Kennedy from Louisiana. Judge Cabana, I only have one question for you. I want you to look me in the eye, in front of God, and I want you to answer honestly. That beer you like to drink, are we talking foreign or domestic? I drink American beer. You ain't drinking Heineken on us! I drink American beer! No further questions! <laughs> this guy checks out! I yield the rest of my time to Miss Frizzle. Oh. <laughs> okay, now, I gotta make this quick so we can... Time! Okay, damn, damn. Senator Whitehouse. Yeah, I'd uh, just like to ask Judge Kavanaugh about his yearbook. Oh, yearbook. Oh, we're gonna... We're talking about a yearbook right now? Uh, Judge Kavanaugh, what is boofing? It was flatulence. I was 16. Could you use boof in a sentence? Sure. I passed out from drinking, but then I boofed so loud I woke myself up. Okay. What about Devil's Triangle? It's a drinking game. Okay. Eskimo Brothers? Drinking game. Eiffel Tower with Dougie One Nut? That was a possible trip to France that didn't pan out. Judge Kavanaugh, my staff just Googled all these terms, and they're clearly referring to sex. Well, that's impossible, because I didn't have sex for many, many, many years. Many years. All I did was drink a lot and not think about having sex at all. I was the proudest, drunkest virgin you've ever seen. And everyone can relate to that. All right, then I'll just... Lindsey Graham. Oh, Jeff, that's right. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm waiting to yell and shake my finger and get rid of the tomato for 15 minutes. <laughs> and I know I'm supposed to shut up because I'm a single white male, 5'10", uncut. <laughs> but I will not shut up because this is a bunch of C-R-A-P crap. <laughs> trial. This ain't no due process. You know what this is, Judge Kavanaugh? Do you know what this is? Is this a real question? This is hell. That's what it is. It's hell. <laughs> is this hell to you, Judge Kavanaugh? Well, it's, it's pretty bad. It is hell. <laughs> and for what? You don't just be Bill Cosby. And then suddenly you're not Bill Cosby anymore. Okay, well, you don't, you don't have to compare me to Bill Cosby. No, 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 you are him. You are him. Imagine this man in handcuffs like Bill Cosby. Just please stop saying Bill Cosby. You put this man on Supreme Court now. No vote, no discussion. You give him a damn robe and you let him do whatever the hell he wants. Because this right now... This is my audition for Mr. Trump's cabinet and also for a regional production of The Crucible. And let me tell you, Queen, I was good. All right. All right. All right, I think we've heard more than enough. Ranking member Feinstein, would you like to say something in closing? I just have one final question for Judge Kavanaugh. After all of this, do you really think you have the right demeanor and temperament to be a Supreme Court justice? I went to Yale. <laughs> Worked my butt off to get here. I busted my buns. I lifted weights. <laughs> Every day. <laughs> With Tobin, BJ, 
and squee. And donkey dong dug. And yeah, we had, a, we had a couple thousand beers along the way. Especially my good friend, Mark Judge, who can't remember huge chunks of his life, but is somehow my key witness. So am I angry? You're damn right. But if you think I'm angry now, you just wait till I get on that Supreme Court, because then you're all gonna pay. Give me a can of water. <laughs> and live from New York, it's Saturday night! Yeah, I, I, none of the other names jump out at me, but that, that name is memorable for some reason. <laughs> sounds, like a, sounds like a stuck pig or something, I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, oh, uh, speaking of, you know, SNL with Matt Damon and stuff in this, like they, I think in that same clip they had, uh, what's her name? Um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, right? Mm-hmm. Here now to comment on the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh is current justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Kittens, I'm never gonna give you up. <laughs> never gonna let you down. Never gonna turn around and retire. <laughs> so, what did you think of these Kavanaugh hearings? Oh my gosh. Come on, the guy was going nuts. Crying and yelling and ralphing and boofing. <laughs> Seriously, he thinks his confirmation hearing was unfair. My confirmation hearing was they threw me in a river to see if I float. <laughs> and I did. I floated on top like a little water bug. <laughs> Plus, you got, you got Lindsay Lohan Graham out there getting all messy like we're at a party in Mykonos. Yikes. Hey, Lindsay, are you Herbie? Because you looked fully loaded. That's a Ginsburg. Justice, what do you think is going to happen now? Let's be real, Colin. The guy's probably going to get confirmed. Okay. And now, the Republicans, they want to do a whole FBI investigation so they can go ahead and vote yes anyway. Hey, Jeff Flake, you can borrow a pair of my panties since you're so concerned about covering your own ass. <laughs> That's a Ginsburg! What do you think about Kavanaugh's calendar? Yeah, yeah. You mean the portrait of the judge as a young D-bag? <laughs> Spellbinding. Yeah, you want to see my calendar from uh, July 1982? Let's yeah, see. Sure. This ought to be fun. Look at this. Turn 100. <laughs> Break glass ceiling. <laughs> Shut up. We're all doing it. Do laps in a bird bath. <laughs> That's fun. Now, here's my calendar from today. That's all I gotta do. I've been alive so long, I'm restarting my life cycle, Colin, like a cicada. I'm going through puberty again. I got all sorts of feelings about Riverdale. Riverdale? Yes, that Cole Sprouse. He's looking like a snack to me. Hey, Jughead, why don't you come over and put your head on my jugs? 
And check out my heart murmur while you're at it. That's a slogan's burn. What? do you feel then about potentially sharing the bench with Justice Kavanaugh? Oh, I'm thrilled. It was going to be very welcoming. <laughs> Guy likes drinking games so much, we got one planned for him. It's called quarters. That's when me and Sotomayor put a roll of quarters in a sock and beat the hell out of it. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Come on. I would never be able to lift a roll of quarters. <laughs> Ginsburg. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, everyone. And I think I heard that she got the cancer taken care of and she doesn't have any recurrences right now, so she's okay. But I also saw a news article somewhere, it might have been MSNBC or something, that Trump was uh, in the background trying to find, he was looking for possible replacements in case she dies. So <laughs> classy as always. Oh, absolutely. Vulture yeah. circling the. Circling above. Yeah, oh. we're gonna we're gonna add more seats to the Supreme Court. It's just gotta happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's it's. Yeah, these guys don't get any more. Well, uh, that's a good way to to kick off our first show of uh, 2019. So. Yeah. 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 Sorry, it wasn't a bit of a more, more upbeat episode. I guess I don't. I'm a little exhausted today, and I don't know. 2018 was a heck of a year, <laughs> so let's hope 2019 is a little bit better. Definitely. Yeah. What is it, the uh, year of? Uh, according to Koreans, it's the year of the golden pig. Does that have any um, specific meaning, or is that just what they call it? Well, every year, like last year was the golden dog or something, and then a few years before that, I think it was the black sheep or something. There are different colors associated with the different animals in Korea, I guess. And I don't know. Somebody on Facebook said that they thought, and they Googled it, and they said it was the earth pig. But I talked to several Koreans, and all the Koreans swear that it's the golden pig, not the earth pig. So I'd go with the Koreans on that one. I don't know, man. China's pretty big. (laughs) (laughs) I don't. I don't know if China and Korea have a different, you know, color association policy or something, or if, you know, Google's just got the wrong information. I don't know what's going on there, but that would be kind of interesting to look into. Yeah, because I Googled it and they didn't say anything again. They said it was the earth pig. And I'm like, but all these Koreans are telling me it's the golden pig. So I, in Korea, it's definitely the, the gold pig. Hmm. Um, pigs are associated with, I think, luck or money in Korea. If you have a oh, dream yeah. about a pig uh, or if you have a dream about shit in Korea, that's a sign that you're going to get money somehow. Hmm. And if you have a lucky dream in Korea, theoretically, you can sell your dream to somebody else. <laughs> what? Yeah, they give you money for your dream, and then they become lucky. <laughs> oh, this sounds like a golden business opportunity right here. <laughs> it's a golden pig business opportunity. Damn right. So, yeah, so wow. so pigs and shit and gold are all associated with luck or money, I think. <laughs> <laughs> There's a rap song in there somewhere. Yeah, right. My lifestyle. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, you're the golden pig. Let's make it a good one. Yeah. Uh, sure. I, okay, Bob. Last predictions. Predictions. Do we think Donald Trump is going to survive 2019, or is he going to be impeached this year? 
He's going to be impeached. Yeah. This motherfucker has been fucking up my predictions. I said he wasn't going to last six months, and he shouldn't have in a normal in a normal country, in a normal government situation. And then I said, well, he's not going to last the first two years. He, he lasted the first two years because the Republicans have forsaken everything that is holy in this country. Uh, but let's see. It's 2019. The government shut down going on a month almost. Uh, you know, the wall, which most Republicans obviously don't even believe in. I mean, how much can they take? <laughs> so I don't know. TikTok. We'll see what happens. For sure. I don't know. I don't have a lot of hope for it, but I think I don't know. I would be impressed if he made it to 2020 without incident. Yeah, I don't know. Was, that means he's going to get actually out of office, but he'll definitely get impeached. But yeah, I think Democrats keep talking about it like it's a uh, you know, well we could impeach him, but the Republicans will just say that they're not going to impeach him, so it won't work. I'm like. That's the wrong attitude. Just impeach him. Just impeach him. Did, 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 did Republicans ever hold back on investigating Benghazi or any other goddamn thing, you know, trying to repeal Obamacare 60 times? It doesn't matter what the result is. The fucking thing is we want to see you fucking trying. It's the same thing the Republicans want to see from their people. So just fucking do it. Don't, don't bitch and moan about, oh, well, it won't work. Just do it. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Yesterday... Yesterday you said tomorrow, just do it. <laughs> Is it Shia LaBeouf? Yeah. Deep cut. So, for sure. <laughs> anyways, yeah. So that's what I'm hoping. That's my that's my New Year's wish or whatever for 2019. Sweet. All right. All right, man. Well, thanks for jumping on the Skype here. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, good luck in 2019, Bob. We'll talk to you soon, okay? All right. Later on. Yeah, bye-bye.
If you enjoy this podcast, there are several ways to support it. Join the Rob Burgess Show mailing list. Go to tinyletter.com forward slash the Rob Burgess Show and type in your email address. Then respond to the automatic message. I have a Patreon account, which can be found at patreon.com forward slash Rob Burgess Show Patreon. I hope you'll consider supporting in any amount. Also, please make sure to comment, follow, like, subscribe, share, rate, and review everywhere the podcast is available, including iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Facebook, Twitter, Internet Archive, TuneIn, and RSS. The official website for the podcast is www.therobburgessshow.com. You can find out more about me by visiting my website, www.thisburgess.com. And if you have something to say, record a voice memo on your smartphone and send it to therobburgessshow at gmail.com. Include voice memo in the subject line of the email. Until next time.